Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. Okay, so this episode came about purely out of my curiosity to see what the cost of making these pantry-based meals was, but I hope that you find some useful themes here to help you with your fat loss goals. I know that I've had some requests for podcast episodes that I haven't gotten to yet, but I'm working on getting better at explaining training and nutrition principles in more simple terms. And those episodes are on my to-do list. But meanwhile, make sure you listen to all my episodes and rate the podcast to motivate me. So people think that summer meals are better for fat loss because you may tend to eat more salad and fruit. But I disagree. I think that hearty, high-protein winter-style meals can be just as effective. And I'm going to explain a bit more about why that is. Um, It all started with cracking it about the pantry being overfilled with random shit, not being able to find ingredients without pulling everything out. So I did just that and took stock of what we had to plan some meals this week. It turns out my lentils have been breeding in the pantry. So I had half open packs of red lentils, French lentils, and also some split peas and I don't look at expiry dates. I don't remember when I bought them. I just know that I'm going to use these things because look, they're designed to be long life. I'm not going to listen to the expiry date. I digress. So I did also have some pearl barley in there. Well, I do have some because it's still there. I've acquired that along the way somehow. I've never actually cooked it before. So the bag was still sealed. So that's a job for another day because Once I started Googling and going through my recipe book pile, I realized that I could make quite a few meals with what I had that was open. So I decided to make lentil dal. Uh, So that's like a a spicy-based, tomato-based lentil meal. A lentil bolognese, which, you know, same, same, but got a little bit of an Italian twist to it. Um, Pea and ham soup with the split peas and lentil pesto and feta salad which I made with the French lentils so those are the darker green or I'm not sure if they're black little lentils but I've no clue why I even bought them I don't remember when I last used them but the pack was open so anyway I then thought I'm going to jump onto Woolies online and total up all of the ingredients for these four recipes and see what it comes out at. So even though I had um, most of the stuff in my pantry, in my kitchen, I did need to go and buy a couple of things like the um, the ham hock for the soup, um, some feta for the salad and some pesto because I'd run out of that and no, I wasn't going to make that as well. So anyway, 
So for these recipes alone, the total grocery shop um, on the app was just under $50 and it worked out to an average of $2.06 per meal. So I was really surprised at this because I thought I'd be looking at around double that. So I started thinking how this information can help my clients and anyone else who's interested. So I know that 90% of the meals that I've just said are plant-based and I honestly don't generally recommend going completely plant-based unless you are super prepared to eat a huge variety of plants every single day to avoid becoming nutrient deficient. Most people aren't. But hear me out on why eating more of these types of food is a good thing for both fat loss or for fat loss health and your wallet. So number one, these meals are all high in protein and fiber, which makes them great for fat loss because both protein and fiber promote feelings of fullness. Um, diets with adequate amounts of both are associated with healthy weight and foods high in fiber decrease your calorie absorption. So that is how they support fat loss. Number two, for general health, which does tie in with fat loss, but same, same, but different. General health outcomes, high fiber diets are associated with a lower risk of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and inflammatory diseases. So fiber also promotes good gut health. We've mentioned um, blue zones on the podcast before where people uh, tend to live to 100 or more, I think. Um, well, they ha Sorry, those societies have a higher number, number of centurions than like our Western societies. So none of these blue zones share the exact same eating patterns, but all of them do include moderate amounts of animal-based protein. So none of them are vegan, uh, but they all have large amounts of plant-based foods. So locally grown seasonal veggies, fruits, and grains, plus high levels of daily activity, but we're focusing on nutrition here. Um, number three, as I mentioned, this meal prep was so cheap at $2.06 a serve. So incorporating a veggie or le legume, legume, I'm never sure how to say that based meal each week will save you money on your grocery bill. So not only is it going to potentially support your fat loss goals, but it can help your wallet as well. So um, I have seen a few people talking about, and I did notice it today, the price of things like broccoli, um, what else, you know, just other fresh vegetables. So we were kind of talking about ways around that. So eating these, you know, lentils and split peas and even the pearl barley is a good way to increase your, your plant intake at a lower cost because it's, um, long life, pantry-based food. It's not going to go off really quickly as well. Um, so I also want to qualify this meal prep by saying, look, look, some of you are not going to, some of those meals that I've mentioned are not going to appeal to some of you. And that's fine. The point is not what meals I made, but how I, how and why I decided to make them with the ingredients that I had. And so the more that you can start to understand um, things like macronutrients and food selection for your fat loss goal, 
the more you will set, you will learn how you can put meals together with, with the foods that you like so you don't have to follow along recipes. So this is just examples. And I do just want to say that, no, my boys are not really interested in eating lentils or anything like that. They did love the pea and ham soup. It's all gone already to, as of today, like a day later. But that's okay because I've literally just prepped a heap of meals for myself to have for lower calorie lunches and also to have in the freezer as spares. So it's it's good to have a little bit of freezer stock so you don't get caught out. If you have a fat loss goal, this is handy so that you can still enjoy maybe your bigger family meals of a night if that's what you like to do without putting yourself into a calorie surplus if you're looking to do some fat loss. So you can have like a lower calorie lunch and then enjoy whatever you're having for dinner without stressing too much about whether it's um, putting you off track from your goals um, or even just being able to eat foods that your family may not enjoy. I enjoy my lentils on occasion, not all the time. I wouldn't want to eat them all the time, but I know that they're healthy for me. I can see more of the benefits than maybe my family will buy into at times. Um, yes, that's frustrating, but you know what? I'm just going to do what is <laughs> what is right for me and I'm not going to press the issue with them. There's other ways that they can get a lot more vegetables and variety of food in, and they do. They're just not always going to agree with me, and that's just how it is. So oh, also, um, my husband recently got a new job where he's moving a lot less than before. So I'm doing my best to try to instigate as part of our family meal prepping a soup night here and there to bring food intake down more in line with his reduced energy needs, as well as pump a few more veggies into them all. And so far we've really focused on chicken and vegetable based soups and the kids, the kids are surprisingly on board. It's a bit harder for an older person to break the habit of having very large meals from years of physical work, but I'm sure We've all sort of been there at some point where, you know, we might have had jobs or lifestyles where we moved a lot more in the past and fast forward to later on in adulthood and you're wondering why you're gaining weight. This is a really good example. So um, that's another reason to try to include some of these lower calorie per bite meals into your meal plan each week as you get older. But side note to here as well is that this is why strength training becomes even more key as we get older because we start to lose muscle tissue through age related an age-related process and this can bring our daily energy needs down. So that if we don't adjust our eating, it can result in that lovely middle age weight gain creep that leaves many people scratching their heads and, and that's a con contributor to it. So worthwhile looking at ways that you can reduce your calorie intake. That's only one part of the puzzle. I do work with my clients on bringing a whole range of fat loss principles together to support their goals. It's not just about eating as little as possible. Um, so important to just throw that in there. But as I mentioned, all of these meals that, I, that I've listed are classed as low calorie per bite. So they're going to support your fat loss in that you're getting a larger amount of food into your stomach, so food volume for less calories. And 
They're composed of foods that are not as readily stored as body fat. So your body uses carbohydrates and protein for a range of other processes before it will store it as body fat. So you have to be eating in a surplus for any macronutrient to be stored as body fat, but it's a little bit harder to convert carbohydrate and protein into body fat, particularly protein. So um, you might be thinking, well, give me the recipes then. That is a question I always get when I share an example of foods. I do, I do get a little bit um, contrary when people ask me that because I'm like, the point is not the recipe. The recipe is not the thing that makes the difference. It's how you use it. It's uh, your understanding of it. But I know that's something that people ask. And I did find, um, I think all of these recipes, I can't share the pea and ham soup because it's from a book that I paid for. So that's not cricket. I can share the website. It's a Thermomix recipe, but the others were just on listed on websites. So I'll pop those links into the show notes for you if you're interested in having a look. But I, I just want you to use this as an example of how you can select recipes that you personally might like. So you, as I said, you might be looking at this stuff and going, yuck. Um, but, but it's about knowing how to select recipes that you can be confident that they support your fat loss goals. And so there's a couple of little pointers that I have. And that is, number one, they contain a lot of vegetables Number two, they have a high water content, so soups and stews, for example. Number three, they contain moderate amounts of carbohydrates and protein. For example, my split peas contain 30 grams of protein per serve and the lentils 15 grams, which is amazing for plant-based foods. They also contain carbohydrates, but they're low in fat. So you might be looking for a recipe that also includes some chicken, meat or fish too. You'd be looking for those in sort of moderate amounts. So um, not, um, I'm trying to think of an example of a recipe actually. Maybe they might have, you know, two or 300 grams worth of animal-based proteins in them if we're talking about um, these types of meals. So meals that will be higher in vegetable content, soups and stews and water. Um, they may contain small amount of dietary fats, such as cooking oils, cheese, creams, nuts, seeds, or butter. And those are important to include. But when we are talking fat loss, we are looking for smaller amounts of dietary fats just because they contain more calories per bite. So a little bit easier to overeat. So Remember that all of these suggestions are in the context of the goal of bringing your daily energy intake down to promote fat loss. So they may not be suitable for other goals such as, you know, a performance-based goal. These are just examples of how you might try to eat a little bit less in a healthy and low-cost way. I should also mention that my cost per serve estimate did not include the sides that I would serve with these. So, of course, even though these are inverted commas healthy recipes, and I want to qualify that again by reminding you, it's not the recipe, it's not the food, it's how it's used. Um, but portioning still applies. So here are a few ways that I would serve them to fill my plate for less calories. So for example, serving the lentils with a green leafy side salad or some steamed vegetables rather than just a huge big plate of them. 
serving the lentil bolognese with some brown rice and some salad or vegetables. Um, we did have the pea and ham soup with some sourdough, which was amazing. And I served a small amount of the lentil salad with a salmon fillet and some greens. So the recipe for the lentil salad promoted it as a standalone meal on its own. But I wanted to have some fish with it. So I reduced the portion of the lentils to accommodate the extra um, protein from the fish, extra protein and calories. Don't forget macro. Can I please just say right now, I get this a bit. Um, I'll have people say things like, I'm not counting calories anymore. I'm just counting macros. Well, the thing is that macronutrients contain calories. So it's just another way to count calories. But <clears throat> that's, a, that's a discussion for another day. Um, but because I obviously added more food to my plate, I reduced the amount of the lentils. So um, another thing I wanted to touch on is that whenever I meal prep, and I just really also don't like that term as well, but it is a thing. It's what we're doing. We are doing it. It's just that it's a bit overused, I think. Um, whenever I meal prep, I don't portion out the whole meal, including the sides for the week. So I don't get my containers out and do the lovely, you know, here's my fish with the salad already made up or whatever. I just portion the, the meal base or the protein component. So like that would be the lentils. I just put that into a container in this instance. So then as I'm serving it up during the week, I can change up the fresh sides that I'm having with it, depending on what I actually feel like later in the week. So, you know, I might have it with a salad. I might have it with steamed vegetables. I might have it with pasta, rice, or potato, depending what I feel like. They're just a few examples. Um, Plus, you know, when you when you put everything, when you put the meal together as is, including the fresh vegetables, they tend to go a bit watery as the week goes on in the container, which makes it way less appealing to stick to your meal plan. I find it only takes a minute to, you know, chuck the sides onto the plate with uh, with your meal base. So um, once I finished cooking all of those meals yesterday and I had multiple appliances going, including my slow cooker, my thermomix and the good old stovetop, I portioned out the meals to either be used for the week ahead or go into the freezer for another week. So that's almost like putting money in the bank for me. Um, so the pantry is looking much better. This is really a one-off example. I wouldn't do that amount of plant-based food prep every week. So how does my normal week look? I'll give you an example of the usual protein sources that we regularly include in our groceries and what we're doing with them this particular week. So this week's shop included lean beef mints, marinated chicken breasts, bulk plain chicken breast, salmon fillets, gravy beef, eggs and yogurt. Somehow, don't ask me how, we've ended up with excess lettuce in the crisper. I think we both bought some um, at different times and I noticed that yesterday. So this morning I said we need to make sure we use it. So the meal planning for the first part of the week is revolving around meals that will include lettuce so we don't waste it. So it's going to go something like this, Sunday night, tonight, homemade beef burgers. So lots of lettuce on those. Uh, Monday night will be the marinated chicken breasts with salad. 
Tuesday night will be a chicken and bacon pasta. It's a Thermomix recipe. It's the one that my family will make. So I'm at work Tuesday night teaching classes. I've got a dub double on Tuesday actually. Um, so my family will make this one. They love it. I love it. I'll serve it with a side salad as well. Um, Wednesday I'll slow cook the gravy beef as either a curry or something else. I'm not quite sure yet, but it'll be slow cooked because of the type of cut that it is. Um, Thursday, maybe leftovers or there's two of us that eat salmon. So I might just throw something with salmon together and I might even have the lentil dal as a side to my salmon fillet. Um, I also had some chicken breast going in the air fryer today. Um, I'll do things like boil eggs up, you know, so we can have things for sandwiches, toast, snacks. Um, that's high protein as well. And obviously the yogurt, yogurt and eggs just being used for things like breakfasts and snacks. Um, and any other cooking that we're doing. So I'm not, I go through phases with yogurt where sometimes I'll feel like it and sometimes I don't, but the plain Greek yogurt's got a really nice long um, shelf life on it. So I, I needed more. I didn't have any. The other day I went to put some in my quick oats with um, protein powder as well. I really like that. Makes it nice and creamy, but um, I didn't have any. So I needed to get that today. But um, the point is, um, all of these ingredients are mix and match to become any version of a meal. To me, meal prepping is a bit like a puzzle. Um, so our recipes, they generally have patterns to them, like they'll have a tomato or a cream-based sauce, add herbs or spices, choose your protein and carbs and off you, off you go. So I get a little bit confused as to why this is really hard for people because we're going to have to eat with that. We have to eat every day. So why are we still getting caught out? Um, that's my take on it anyway. So, and I also wanted to add that every time we cook dinner in our house, it's designed so that there are leftovers for lunch. So we don't tend to strictly meal plan ahead too far. We focus on getting ahead of the game early in the week um, by maybe doing a double cook of a big meal and a soup in case we get caught out or so that we can just settle into whatever the week throws at us. And then we've still got like, I might decide to change my meal plan towards the end of the week. But the point is that it still starts with some, a protein base generally. So, and, and then you build it from there. I honestly think um, the less that you can stress about organizing and cooking meals. So having a bit of a system going, the better life is. I've had to do this for several years now, ever since I became a um, fitness instructor back in 2015, say, was when I really started working a lot more nights. I've had to work split shifts and I've early on in the piece, I did not have many um, dinners with my family. Thankfully, that has changed in the last couple of years with getting um, some staff members to help me. But for a long time there, I had to have dinner ready early. So I can't relate to people that use having to cook dinner as an excuse not to get a workout in. So it takes too much brain power. Also, people that decide on a day-to-day -day basis what they're going to eat, it takes too much brain power to decide what to eat every day. And we know that 
in most cases, if you don't have a bit of a loose plan, it leaves you open to making choices that don't necessarily align with your health goals or your fat loss goals. So, and also if you're sorted, you've got more time to get a workout in or whatever else you want to do. It just saves time. So I really hope that sharing this little sneak peek into my kitchen habits has been helpful. I'd love to hear from you if it was. I also shared some live run-throughs of this on my free Facebook group, which will be up for the next 30 days. So I'll pop the link to join in the show notes. And I'll be talking about this and more in a free in-person seminar in Musselbrook this coming Saturday on how you can lose five kilos by spring without the stress of calorie or macro counting. It can be done. You just need to know what to focus on and off you go. I'd love to see you there asking me some questions. So that is why I really wanted to do this one in person so that I've got that live feedback um, which I really enjoy. I haven't done that for a little while. So it's, um, it's also part of our open weekend, meet the trainers where we have free personal training sessions with our team available on the day as well. So you might as well come down and do both. These sessions are where you can learn more about what we do and how we do it. It is PT, but probably not as you may have experienced before, because I've heard some absolute doozies. It's more of a no pressure meet and greet, see the space, try some exercises, learn something, ask questions and have a chat. So the link to register is also in the show notes and I hope to hear from you soon.